Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Yordana Osband, here with my friend and Chavruta Aaron Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Yivamot, daf nun aleph, page 51. Well, yesterday we had this very lengthy Mishnah, which started off by presenting the opinion of Rabban Gamliel, even though the rest of the Mishnah really sort of followed or explained the opinion of the Chachamim. So I want to spend a little bit of time today to understand why does Rabban Gamliel, where the Gemara at least does spend some time on, that there's no get achar get or ma'amar achar ma'amar. So the top of the daf basically begins with my time to Rabban Gamliel. What is the reason that Rabban Gamliel holds that when there are, you know, uh, two yibamim or yibamot, uh, that there's no get achar get or ma'amar achar ma'amar, right? That whoever gives the second get or does the second ma'amar wouldn't be forbidden to marry the relatives of that recipient of that person because it doesn't mean anything once a getter ma'amar is done with the first person. He's uncertain. Get With a get, whether it is a full, you know, rejection or severing from yibum or doesn't do a full rejection at all. And when it comes to ma'amar, He's also not for uh, sure whether it's the full kinyan, the full acquisition of marriage of the Yavama, or is it not at all? So in other words, he's just basically sort of questioning, right, uh, how effective is get and ma'amar and what's its relationship, uh, you know, to yibum and chalitza, right? Like, is it, can it take the place actually of the biblical uh, need of yibum and uh, chalitza? So uh, so now we're going to go on and explain this a little more. This is actually Rava talking. I We could have started at the bottom of last up. Get i dachi i lo dachi, right? When it comes to the uh, get and whether or not it's a, a, a full severing or rejection or not, when in a case where two getting were given, i kame, if the first get is the full rejection, batra mai kaaved, then what did the latter one accomplish? In other words, if the full get severs, uh, the the zika right? Then why did you need to give a second get? E kamai lo But if the first get doesn't, and this you know sever the relationship or or sever the zika, batranami lo Then the second one isn't going to do anything either way. So w- no matter what it is, the latter get is never going to be. Uh, the second get is not going to be valid. Ma'amar i kani, i lo kanis. And when it comes to ma'amar, whether or not it's a full kenyan or not a full kenyan, i kami kani, if it is a full kenyan, batra ma'kavid, then the second kenyan doesn't, the second ma'amar doesn't do anything. V'i kami lo kani, and if the first ma'amar doesn't, isn't a full kenyan, right, batra namile, then the second one isn't going to be either. So now Abai is going to come and say, I don't agree with you, Rava, right? Itzvai Abai. So Abai challenges Rava. And he's going to quote a brisa. Umoda Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel agrees. Sheyesh get achar ma'amar. That there's get after ma'amar. Umaamar achar get. And ma'amar um, after, um, after get. Viget achar bia umaamar. And there's get after cohabitation and ma'amar. Umaamar achar bia viget. And there's ma'amar after cohabitation um, and, uh, and get. So even though in the Mishnah, right, he has a disagreement with the Chachamim and talks about get achar get and ma'amar after ma'amar, in these other cases, right, where it's not the same act, he actually thinks that there is validity. 
And so therefore, Abayi says, right, if Rabban Gamliel is not certain whether get and Ma'amar are effective or not effective, then when there's cohabitation first, right, uh, sorry, when cohabitation is done after Ma'amar or get, right, it should be like cohabitation in the beginning because he's not sure whether Ma'amar or get have any validity at all. Um, and, uh, uh, right. Um, uh, or, uh, or let it, you know, and, and it should be a full Kenyan, that cohabitation and nothing, or say it has a full, co- you know, uh, full Kenyan and nothing else matters afterwards. Because we learned in a Mishnah, right? Because we learned in the Mishnah that once you have Be'ila, anything done afterwards, there's no uh, validity to. So the question therefore is, why does Raman Gamliel agree that when there's cohabitation uh, after Ma'amar, right? When cohabitation comes after Ma'amar um, uh, and before Get or anyway, the final act is what is uh, uh, effective, right? Whatever you say about what the first act is, the final one should be ineffective if Rabban Gamliel is unsure about Get and Ma'amar. So Abaye is going to have a different explanation. El Amar Abaye. It's actually, it's obvious to Rabban Gamliel, beget to Dachi, that regarding a get, it's a full reject. It, 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 it does offer some severing or rejection under, right, it, under de Rabbanan, under rabbinical law. And Ma'amar does have some type of Kenyan of some acquisition. However, the rabbis who made these laws said, concerning a Yivama, Right, a get is effective, uh, you know, in terms of rejecting or severing one part of her. And a mar ma- is effective in acquiring part of her. In other words, it's a partial rejection or a partial acquisition, but it's not a full one. So there, so when if that's true, get achar get lodachi. A get following a get doesn't affect rejection. Because the first one already sort of gave a little bit of a rejection in, in the way that a get can. And therefore, a ma'amar after ma'amar isn't a real, you know, doesn't have any type of acquisition to it. Because the first ma'amar already had as much acquisition or much kenyan that a ma'amar can have. In other words, what he's saying is, is these rabbinic enactments, they do a little bit, right? And so therefore, once you've had one of them at play, either the get or ma'amar, the one afterwards can't be at play either because the get and ma'amar, it's not a full act. It's only a partial of what it's trying to accomplish. And therefore, get achar ma'amar, ma'amar achar get. But however, if you have ma'amar after get or get after ma'amar, have milsa kadachi. It's, it, it, it's, it's dealing with something different. In other words, it's either that first you had a partial acquisition and then you had a partial rejection or you had a partial rejection and then a partial acquisition. Therefore, they can uh, affect one after uh, the other because they're doing two totally uh, different things and therefore each in its own right has some validity to it. So now having given that explanation, right, Abai is now going to explain the opinion of the rabbis who disagree with Rabban Gamliel, who says that the rabbis again say there is get after get and ma'amar acha ma'amar. For Rabbanan, kol chad v'chad takinu le Rabbanan get u ma'amar 
right? For each and every Yavam that the rabbis instituted the get emamar for with the Yavama, right? So in other words, the what he's basically saying is, is that um, you cannot say that that first get that's given, right, is a rejection of all the widows for all of the brothers. And you can't say that the ma'amar is a ma'amar for all the um, for all the widows itself. In other words, it allows room uh, for something else to take effect as well. So it's sort of from a conceptual point of view, right? Um, Rabban Gamliel holds that the second one is basically maybe the way to think of it is it's a repetitive act, and therefore it doesn't do it doesn't add to what the initial get or the initial ma'amar did, right? Whereas the rabbis hold that if that if that get or ma'amar is done with a second uh, yavam or a different yavama, it does have some validity. And that's really, uh, so I think from a, you know, meta point of view, what they're trying to figure out is is sort of how strong does these rabbinic uh, takanot, this rabbinic enactment of ma'amar and get, how strong is it actually? And so Rebbe Gamliel is going to say repetitive acts of get and ma'amar after each other they don't do anything because they're sort of not ideal to begin with. Whereas the rabbis are going to say for each couple or each case where ma'amar get takes place, it can still have some validity to it. Um, and then finally, uh, sorry, so then uh, just to, you know, end this uh, this section here. Um, uh, uh, so then uh, Abai is going to, now that he's sort of, uh, now Abai is basically going to come and explain Rebbe Gamliel's uh, r- ruling, right, uh, that was mentioned uh, before, that you, uh, well, the Brisa that we mentioned before, that there is uh, validity to a get after cohabitation that follows Mahamar and Mahamar after cohabitation that follows a get. Baha'i Biapsula, right? So this is an important concept here. We sort of call Biapsula, which is basically sort of a deficient cohabitation. So what we mean by this is, and this is an important concept to this parak, is it's cohabitation that takes place um, uh, after a ma'amar or a get was done, um, right? Adifa mi ma'amar, griyami ma'amar. In one respect, it's better to ma'amar, and in one respect, it's inferior to ma'amar. Adifa mi ma'amar, right? How is Bia that took place after Ma, how is it better than Ma'amar? Dilo Ma'amar, Ma'amar, Lo Mahane. Because whereas we say Ma'amar after Ma'amar, according to Rabban Gamliel, has no effect. Vilu Biar Akamar Mahane. So Bia after Ma'amar, right? Cohabitation after Ma'amar actually would be effective. Ugriami Ma'amar, how is it inferior to Ma'amar? Dilo Ma'amar Achar Get, right? Whereas Ma'amar after Get, Kani Lokule Shuria to Get. It sort of acquires the rest of the get, right? In other words, the mamar that uh, follows the get is effective because the get still left a little bit of zika there, um, and that the mamar therefore takes hold with the zika that's uh, that's left. But you can only have one mamar after the get. But if there are two mamars after a get, the first one is valid and the second one is not. Basically, uh, according to um, Rabban um, Gamliel, because that's his idea. There's no ma'amar after ma'amar. The first ma'amar takes effect, but the second ma'amar would not take effect. So therefore, agree on me ma'amar, it's inferior to ma'amar, to ilu ma'amar achar haget, 
Whereas a ma'amar follows the get, kani l'kulei shurids. Again, I'm repeating this again. It acquires the entire remnant of the get. V'ilu bia achar get. But if you have cohabitation after a get, lo kani l'kulei shurid to get. It does not acquire the entire remnant of the get. Rather, there's some deficiency, that's the English translation a lot of commentaries use, uh, to this sexual act, to this cohabitation, and it leaves room that there still could be some amar. Because in other words, ideally, you shouldn't have had cohabitation after um, after ma'amar. So again, I, I think what this machlokas is trying to do, and I hope I explained this well, is each of them, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbanan and Chazal, are trying to, again, sort of explore what what is left over of the Zika bond, right? Is there some Zika left? Is there no Zika left when we do the rabbinic pieces of these, when we do the rabbinic enactment of Ma'amar and Get? And therefore, they're playing with all these different permutations to try to figure out what does this all mean? And I think this is really interesting because I, I, I'm thinking a lot about a Reuven, right? Unlike a Reuven, um, where, you know, which was totally just rabbinic law, right? We know that the concept of errors is completely rabbinical. It's really not based on anything in the Torah itself. Um, that, you know, th- this question doesn't arise. But here, what's really interesting about, about Yibum is, is that we have the biblical layer of Yibum and Chalitza. And then the rabbis come along and recognize there's a rabbinic piece to this as well. And I think some of this has to do with there's discomfort with Yibum, which we've talked about many times. And so they've added in this layer of ma'amar and get. But at the same time, they have to acknowledge it's rabbinical. It's not, it's de rabbanan. It's not de Arisa. And so they're really trying to figure out what does it mean to add a rabbinical enactment? How does that play off with what the actual biblical obligation is. And so I think we're, they're actually a way to look at this discussion in this parak is it's sort of discussing what's the strength of a rabbinic enactment against biblical obligation. And Rav Gamliel and the rabbis actually have different ways of viewing it. And I think it's important to recognize that because remember, Rav Gamliel is the Nasi and his job is, is to sort of make sure that, uh, you know, uh, Torah, it's sort of uh, the Beitin, uh, what he rules over, especially in, in post, uh, post-Temple Judaism, it's centered around Chazal. And sort of sort of interesting in my mind, at least, to see that it's Rav Gamliel who really takes this approach that Mamar and Get, after Mamar or Get, you know, respectively, maybe doesn't take as much of effect. And it seems to be that it's Chazal who wants to say ma'amar and get can always be valid in any situation. They, they they still have some validity. I would have thought it maybe would have been the opposite. So to me, this is a very, very interesting machlokas. And I, I think we also have to view it in light of who Rebbe Gamliel is. And it, it's sort of playing around with what are the limitations or what's the interplay between rabbinic and, uh, and, 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 and Torah law. And this is a f- wonderful example of that. I think it's a really interesting insight. I'm not sure that I paid attention to that point of the rabbinic versus Torah, um, meaning it's there. I just I'm I'm admitting my fallacy here. Um, I think perhaps also because I want to go on here and talk about Rabban Gamliel's 
approach, whatever, all of this, in a slightly different context as it appears on Amud Bet. Amr Biochanan, Rabban Gamliel of Eit Shamai, Rabbi Shimon of Ben Azai, Rabbi Nechemia, meaning all of them together, according to Rabbi Yochanan, all of them together, all of them hold Ma'amar Kone Kinyan Gamur. So this is a, a slightly different point, right, than what was in the mission that everything that you just talked about, Yudina, but the idea here is that when the when Ma'amar takes place, right, when the Kinyan, no, I'm sorry, yeah, Ma'amar, when the, when the, when the, let me say this better, when the betrothal takes place, this Levrite betrothal, right, of Yibum, that's Ma'amar, is Kona, when it acquires the Yavama, meaning they are now betrothed. So all of these people hold that it is a full-fed, full-fledged Kenyan, that it, it means that it is truly a betrothal, that there's no like halfway measure here. It's not kind of like we'll put a label on, on the pre-Yibum status, right? We might have thought that because we know that this is established later, but here all of these rabbis say, nope, Kenyan Gamor. It's a real Kenyan. It's a real betrothal. Um, presumably then if they wanted to call it off, it's not presumably, we know. If they then wanted to call it off, then Mamar would also require get, right? They would need a bill of divorcement, even though they were never fully married, but this is sufficient to be, to designate um, the couple for each other, uh, that the woman cannot go free without, at that point, without get. Chalitza would no longer do the trick. Rabban Gamliel, now, what about Rabban Gamliel? This is where it gets tricky, right? Rabban Gamliel, what, where did he come from? What was his source? Ha de Amran. So the Gemara just says, well, it's like we already talked about, right? What does that mean it's like we already talked about? Namely, that the betrothal is not, you can only have one at a time, right? You can't have ma'amar achar ma'amar. So we already know that. Now, Rabbi Yochanan himself, the presumption is that the second ma'amar, as far as Rabbi Yochanan is concerned, it's not effective, but not because of some principle about ma'amar. Oh, maybe that's not fair to say. Right, The reason it's not effective, the second ma'amar, is because the first ma'amar was complete, meaning the betrothal worked. So once it worked, then you that's like saying, oh, I'll betroth somebody who's already married. Like, that doesn't work. There's no, there's no second... Kinyan, there's no second Kinyan after the first Kinyan. Okay. The Gemara goes on, Beit Shammai. Now, what's the source for the opinion of Beit Shammai, meaning going back to the Mishnah? It's none. Shlosha Achin. Now we've got a case, right? Shlosha Achin. Shnayim mehen yisuin v'achad mufneh. So we've got two, three brothers, two of whom are married to, one, to two sisters, and one of whom is single, right? Meaning not married. Mate achad One of the husbands of the two sisters meaning one of the brothers, who's one of the husbands of one of the two sisters, dies. Now the single brother does ma'amar. He betrothes that widow. And then the second married brother dies. You would think this would be a good advertisement against marriage for him. So what happens? Beit says, that the person he's, it says Ishto, it says his wife, but that means, right, the woman that the sister whom he has betrothed, right, with whom he has done ma'amar, is as if, it's as if she's his wife. And he's not required to divorce her because the other one, the other brother died. But then what happens is that that leaves um, the Yavam, what happens, the second brother dies, the first, the second wife now needs 
Yavam. He is presumably this now this brother the the one who was single and is now has now done ma'amar with the first widow. Um, he is presumably the right one to be doing yibum with the second one. But in this case, he is exempt, right? Why is he exempt? Because he's already done mar ma'amar, meaning he's already um had this establishment of the yibum that is to come with the first widow. And then what happens? Then the second widow, let's keep in mind, she is achot ishto. She is the sister of his wife, which again means that they, she, he can't be her yavam. And then what that means is that according to Beit Shammai, by doing that ma'amar with the first one, it's a full betrothal. That was the whole point, right? Like that that it's not it's not just like a... Uh, on a uh, wimpy piece of paper, right? Like the idea is that they are together, again, unless they would actually get divorced, even though they haven't completed the whole process of yibum. And what that means then is that the yibum with the second widow is gone, right? That single brother has no zikan yibum with the second widow because of her status as a shit, I'm sorry, as achot ishto. She is the sister of his almost wife, let's call her. Okay. Um, and now the Gemara goes on, Rabbi Shimon, what about uh, Rabbi Shimon's opinion? Meaning it goes through, it's got that whole long list, but then the Gemara breaks it down to say, well, we've got some players in there with, that we know some of them have unusual opinions. Let's see where they all kind of find their sources, find their opinions. Rabbi Shimon to Tanya, there's a break that says, Amarluhu Rabbi Shimon lechachamim. Rabbi Shimon himself said to the sages, Im biat rishon biat, biat sheni ena biat. So now what we're talking about here is, is this, literally is this, that if they have, um, if there's intercourse between the, the the first one counts and the second one is not considered to be intercourse, it's not considered to be marital or sexual relations. So what happens? Here's where the commentaries kick in and they tell us things that are not in these words of the, of the on the daf itself, right? Presumably we've got a case of a young boy, right? It says, He's nine years old and one day, one day old, who, this is the youngest that Halacha would say there is actually the potential for sexual relations. So he does with the Yavama. And then the brother, he's got a brother who's also nine years old and one day, also had relations with her. Now, so again, we don't want to talk about pushing a boundary. This is that kind of case, right? We've got twin brothers who are going to both be, they're both going to attempt to be the Yavam for their presumably older brother's widow. So then the second brother disqualifies the woman from having Yibum with the first brother because of their status of brothers, meaning this im bia rishon bia, bia sheni ena bia. If the im bia rishon ena bia, bia sheni nami ena bia. The Gemara says that if the first one does not count as bia, then the second one does not either. If the first one does count, the second one does not count. Meaning, either way, we end up with uh, negating the the relationship between them. And so then we've got uh, another, right? Vaha bia ben teisha, so the the Gemara here says um, that if the first, if the brother is like a nine year, the, the point here is that this, let me take a step back. When we're talking about nine year olds here, right? The, this is like, a, it's like a measuring stick, right? Where Chazal say, if the intercourse were like that of a nine year old boy, meaning it's not really considered intercourse right that's technically it's the youngest age that uh that we worry about yichud 
But still, this is not really what we're talking about in terms of having any effect, certainly in the case of having Yibum take effect. So again, here is Vahabia ben Tesha Amar Shruya Rabbanan. Then this is that it is like um, the Ma'amar, the betrothal. It, um, it, right. They say that it's like the betrothal, meaning as opposed to Yibum. It's not yet fully Yibum, it's simply. Um, you know, a promissory note, as it were. The Ka'ama Rabbi Shimon Enabia. And like Rabbi Shimon says, that's let's establish that this whole situation between these two, you know, this case of the brothers and so on, I would say we've read it all inside, but you can also fully understand what's going on here, I think, without the text. I'm not sure that the case of the the these Rabbi Shimon's scenarios of Bia Rishon and Bia Sheni, um, I'm not sure that they help. They may actually cloud the issue. The point really is that when you're talking about intercourse from a nine-year-old, then that is considered um, like ma'amar, but not considered like yibu. And then lastly here we have the source for benazai. Benazai, zetani, benazai, omer, yesh ma'amar, achar ma'amar, bishnei yivamim, v'yamavamachat. We have a situation where we've got ma'amar after ma'amar, in case where we have two yivamim, one yivama. And then the point is, and we're going to say that it's not going to work, right? This this ma'amar is not going to be effective um, from the one yavam to the second yavama. Rabbi Nechemia, now we've got Rabbi Nechemia's source. Rabbi Nechemia chalitza. So you've got one one. Um, Rabbi Nechemia's thing is where you've got. One case of intercourse or one case of chalitza, ben betchila, ben be'emtza, ben besof, ain't acharea klum. So Rabbi Nechemi's point is that it doesn't matter, none works. Vaha biapsula. Are you talking about this invalid um, intercourse? I think you're that you had mentioned it's ka'amar, shruya, right? So then isn't that going to be like ma'amar? Rabbanan v'katani ain't acharea klum. So but Rabbi Nechemi says, like, no, nothing works afterwards. Like, meaning, that is the again the point of is this act of being kona is this act of acquisition going to be effective or not? So the point is that after ma'amar is in place, that is sufficient for nothing else to work afterwards because they've already established the bond between them, or more than the bond, they've they've formalized the union even though they haven't yet completed it. And so then all of these other things that are brought here, and I realize it's a bit of a confu- confusing confusing sources here, but all of the sources that are brought here to be examples of um of where they where they can't do something after ma'amar because ma'amar itself was sufficient all of this is to prove that long list of rabbis really do all think this and all agree with rabban gamliel well, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Rank us reviews on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Barber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAF on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.